Hey folks, Nate here. You're listening to Critical Care, a show about games, community, and the reasons we play. This is episode 62, featuring Max Miller, writer, director, and composer for ordinary adventure game Commonplace. Enjoy! My name is Max. I am, by trade, I'm a musician. Um, that's where most of my credits are going to be if you ever look up anything that I've done. Um, but very recently, I've taken to writing both for games and, and otherwise just kind of for fun. Um, and then obviously with Commonplace, this is my my first time directing a game as well. So I guess that's that's something I, I am now as well, <laughs> is a director all of a sudden. Yeah, so that, that's what I'm enough to. Mostly a musician, but all of a sudden just kind of starting to do other things as they kind of just need to be done, right? Yeah, for sure. And I'm super interested to hear specifically about the composing aspect i i learned about your work uh through the your uh, most recent game commonplace Mm -hmm. uh which uh, if folks don't know what that is uh not sure how to summarize it without sort of spoiling the big picture (laughs) stuff i guess i'll say at the top that we'll probably get into some spoilers potentially um so if you're interested in in this game or you care about spoilers maybe put pause and and go and and play the game it it doesn't take too super long but yeah commonplace is a game set in an office uh that sort of slowly uh becomes something much weirder and and sort of hostile i i I found it super super interesting sort of as a as a extension of sort of yuminiki style horror games Mm -hmm. um and one of the things that definitely stood out to me was that on the store page, you position the soundtrack almost as like a part one and then the game as a mm-hmm. part two, um, which I hadn't seen very frequently, sort of the soundtrack of a game being split out. Um, so it makes yeah. a lot of sense to hear that you're kind of typically uh, working as a composer. Yeah, so I just wanted to ask a bit, I guess, about sort of that, how that worked, kind of how you arrived at, I guess, both making this game um, and also how the soundtrack sort of came out of that as as like its own component or or if it was always envisioned as like a game and a and a soundtrack i'll tell you it was not always that way actually the the history of the game might be an interesting thing we can talk about uh as well um mm-hmm. just like the the entire process of it because it, it did not start even remotely kind of like how it wound up as that's something we, we can we can tackle later if we have time or if you care feel free to to start start uh wherever you think is is most interesting <laughs> i this game yeah. kind of emerged just out of the blue for me um mm-hmm. so i i honestly didn't know a whole lot going into it yeah that is uh you didn't miss much the uh the marketing of the game was also kind of intentionally sparse for obvious for the same reason why we started the podcast the way we did <laughs> right <laughs> it's like what what can we show without spoiling everything right mm-hmm. so not much to miss there um, but insofar as, yeah, okay, so so the soundtrack and the game, we did know going into, once it was time to, to start making the music and stuff, which was pretty early in, we did know that just by the structure of the game, it would be impossible to see everything on a single playthrough, right? You mentioned this when, when you reached out about how, how the music is so sparse in the game, despite the, the soundtrack being, you know, quite long, it's an hour long, right? And uh, I'm sure on, on your playthrough, I don't know exactly what you did, but I'm sure you probably didn't hear like most of it in the game, right? You probably didn't. Yeah, for sure. I can recall like three or maybe four like specific tracks, and then mm-hmm. maybe there was some more ambient music that I, I didn't pick up on. But yeah. yeah, definitely listening to the soundtrack beforehand put me in an interesting spot where I was like, where where's where's all this music? Like Exactly, right? Right. It becomes like um I I kind of thought about it like um if you're going into like watch a movie and you know an actor you like is in it somewhere but you don't know when they're going to show up and i thought that was that was an interesting feeling of like what if people knew like all the music going into the game and they knew specifically also the order that they're supposed to appear in right but then they'll they'll notice oh last track i heard was like track number one now i'm hearing track number four where was two and three right what happened to those Mm-hmm. um and you know just because of the order in the soundtrack it's like well they're probably not coming later i guess i must have missed something right and i i liked that being able to so i mean like i mentioned we, we put a lot of things in commonplace 
knowing that a lot of people are not going to see it. There's, a, I think there's still things in the game that like literally nobody has seen at all. It's been out for like a month. And I, I liked being able to allude to things that people could see. So then when they do or don't see it, they can kind of check it off in, in like their, their mental checklist of like, okay, I saw this much of the game or I didn't see this much of the game. I wonder what I could have done differently to, to see that. I wonder, I wonder why I passed by it or I wonder what happened to make me see this but not something else. And I thought that, that was an interesting feeling of like this kind of half knowing, half not. Of like, I know this is somewhere... But it's like, I don't know what I could have done to <laughs> to make it different. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that was, just, that was just like an interesting feeling to make people kind of like sit with. Especially because uh, a surprising point of contention, I didn't expect this to be so much of the conversation around the game, is the fact that we don't have a save system for for almost exactly this reason, for a lot of other reasons as well. But it was a very deliberate decision of... Um, if you do want to go back and, and try to find something again, it's not as simple as just loading a save, right? Um, mm -hmm. I, I feel like that, that would kind of cheapen the experience of it. I want people to not feel like the point of this is to is to like buffet-style shotgun down this entire game and, and just dig into all the content they can as soon as possible. I want them to, to really sit with this. I, you know, the, the length of an average playthrough is about three, four hours. And this is not something that you can just do over and over again. I want people to to play through a session and then let it sit for a while and then maybe like a, another like month or two down the road to be like oh you know what that commonplace was kind of weird let me try that again and then that kind of comes back to that like half knowing of by then maybe the memories of the playthrough have faded a little bit so then you start wondering oh did i did i see this last time or am i like imagining something you know this this kind of uncertainty the, using the soundtrack in this way i thought would be an interesting kind of unique way to to invoke that kind of feeling which other mediums you know can't really do um you know i i made that comparison of knowing an actor is going to show up in a movie or whatever um but if if the wikipedia said page says the actor is in the movie um there's no chance of them just not being in the movie <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's not how that works mm -hmm. um but you know with with being able to to kind of hide content um or make a lot of it you know skippable or optional you know, you can kind of play with that. And I think that's an interesting feeling to kind of make people sit with and like reckon with, you mm -hmm. know, because um, a lot of uh, a lot of people who play video games, I think, expect to be catered to. This is a weird way to say this, but maybe you kind of know what I mean. I'm on the risk of saying too much here. I've also uh, <laughs> I've made it very deliberate um, whenever my, my friends with me or, or whatever talk with me about the game. Um, I'm always very careful not to like explicitly say like what the game means to me, but I, I do think a lot of commonplace's identity comes from this idea of um, just not necessarily just always being like a, a little bit still in the dark, like a little too uncomfortably in the dark about it. Exactly, I mean a lot of things about exactly like for example how far you are into the game, how much you missed, how much you saw, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, just this kind of like uncomfortable half knowing is something that you know I was really trying to to figure out while making this game, and I, I thought, yeah, the by the fact that we have the soundtrack released and available in a, in a lot of different places, it's like that's just a, a perfect way to kind of like establish that tone going in of like here's all the music, and then here's the game. You're not going to see all the music, and that's okay, but just kind of figure out how that feels for you right what does that feel like for you as as a video gamist who is used to uh when you play a video game you're playing the video game and you see the video game and you kind of get more or less the complete experience right maybe you don't find the the super boss in an rpg or whatever but for the most part everyone has kind of the same experience right thinking about it as almost like a checklist or like a mm -hmm. you know a list of of possible detours in the game uh mm -hmm. it's not something that occurred to me initially um maybe because i'm i'm used to video game soundtracks just kind of being in 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 arbitrary orders uh so yeah. I, it, it didn't occur to me that maybe the ordering was was deliberate um mm -hmm. but it, it almost hearing you talk more about it it almost feels surprisingly uh, generous compared to how 
vague and sort of hostile a lot of the other like the game itself can be at times like you know the lack of a save function maybe most explicit though i think you know warning people there's no save function is is a is a nice was, was very nice um in terms of like you know being able to make sure i set enough time aside to, to actually play the game yeah because we uh because you know like i said we wanted people to uh just by the structure of this game a save system just doesn't really make sense mm -hmm. um but we also didn't want someone to like the the point of of leaving out a save system was not to make people have a bad time that wasn't the point um so we wanted to be very clear about that up front we told you it takes about the length of a long movie it turns out people don't watch as long of movies as i tend to <laughs> so <laughs> they tend to maybe i could have found a better comparison they tend to think the game is shorter than it actually is going in um that's my fault i should have maybe i should just we can patch that with like actual like hour times or whatever but uh yeah the, the point of, of that save system was not to be malicious it's not that we're like you need to sit down and play this in one sitting it's like you can come back to this whenever you have the time um this is about how long the experience is is supposed to be um so when you have that time come back and we can hang out right that's kind of the idea there mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think it's a it's an it's a tricky uh but very interesting balance to try and strike mm -hmm. uh, i'm reminded of like um when Pathologic 2 came out and there was a lot of contention around its very harsh difficulty yeah. um so you know the developers eventually added in like a very elaborate difficulty slider system um to sort of try and try and find that balance between we want to tell a story that's harsh and that asks a lot of of players but also we want people to actually play the game uh, and enjoy it. We don't want to like just needlessly, you know, for the sake of, of some like artistic goal, like lock out a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, uh, commonplace is maybe a little less elaborate in terms of like numbers and, and stuff uh, to mm -hmm. tweak. But I think the sort of, it's, it feels like the sort of design philosophy is kind of in a similar spot of like trying to, to go against, you know, the, the very like engagement centered metrics that so many games are focused around of, mm -hmm. you know, we need to be constantly rewarding the player. We need to make sure that all of the edges are smoothed off so that, you know, everyone's having a good time 100% uh, mm -hmm. from start to finish. Cause that's how we get them to play more and spend more money. Um, <laughs> which isn't really, you know, something that, that uh, matters, I guess, for a free game. Yeah, um, exactly. And it's able to sort of take, more more chances and sort of be directly opposed to that sort of philosophy of like well you know what if what if the game pushed back on you a little bit what if mm -hmm. what if you had to like actually like try and try and uh unwind some of some of what's going on here like it, it's not going to to hold your hand the same way that that we sort of expected to which mm -hmm. um it's a very interesting sort of style of 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 game uh that i'm i'm increasingly captivated by um just because i i find it i i find so many modern games just kind of a little gold, dull and too easy to to anticipate so mm -hmm. that was definitely something that jumped out at me a commonplace when i started playing it especially you know as i'm as i'm going through the game i'm i'm showing up for work day after day mm -hmm. uh very little is changing i'm having sort of <laughs> mundane conversations with my coworkers, mm -hmm. um but there's this there's this expect there's like this very strange tone to the game that really alludes there being a lot like more under the surface which i, I found yeah. very compelling and really really drew me in until you know stuff starts getting very weird <laughs> yeah the um the pacing of that i i tried to be very deliberate about you know, just insofar as, you know, being the, the only writer on the game, just being very careful about, like, what kind of conversations happen when, how the player character responds, you know, because it's not a... Sam, the player character is obviously not, like, a player stand-in, right? They're, they're mm -hmm. not a blank slate. They, they have values and they have ways that they respond to people that, um, <laughs> as I've gotten feedback on, is very different from from how certain players would have wanted them to respond um <laughs> so even in that kind of way too it's um 
this might be a kind of a kind of a strange conversation. Do you were you like paying attention to any of the discourse back when Deltarune first came out and people were trying to call Chris, the main character of that, a player stand in literally just because they use they them pronouns? Have you been aware of this? Uh no, I I I miss this. Yeah. Um which uh, I mean if if anyone has, has played the game, you know that's obviously not true. Uh, <laughs> just there's some some very literal things that happen just in the events of that game where it's like uh, obviously the player and that character are two different entities but i i thought that was just a really weird thing for people to just expect out of a video game that i'm mm -hmm. playing as this character so it needs to reflect me right um, right i thought that was just like a, a very weird thing to accept again i guess this all comes back to uh, to kind of expectations of, of what you know is the video gameist <laughs> kind of i'm sorry I, I, that's so I, it's always so funny to me to call them video gamers i love doing that mm -hmm. um <laughs> but you know just kind of seeing like uh what if there was a game that just wasn't that right what if what if, what if games were, were structured in a different way um where it wasn't about that where it wasn't about um it wasn't about the player Mm -hmm. It was more about these these kind of these feelings and, and this kind of like I said this half knowing, um, you know you know some stuff going in but not others and it's like I don't know there's no safe feature so you feel kind of like, um, like in this open pool of like you don't know how deep it goes you don't know how how deep into it you are that kind of thing, mm -hmm. um, you know all these are are this very kind of intentional thing, of uh... shoot I really am saying too much <laughs> just as so far as. Um, what this game is about i don't know because a lot of people have, have also come away with with a lot of different interpretations about this you know about just the game about uh people read it very literally about um oh this is about anti-capitalism because you're in an office and the job sucks right and it's mm -hmm. as simple as that um other people have, have walked away with with some more um metaphysical stuff some of which i intended obviously some of which i didn't um but you know that's that's the thing is that a lot of people I, i've noticed what i've whenever i hear people talking about commonplace it seems like they tend to get out of it whatever they need to get out of it i don't think it's even that they mm. want to get anything out of it in particular but i've noticed that for the people who, who really like commonplace a lot it tends to be coming from a very personal place of like real experience um whether it is you know working in an office job or, or feeling feelings like this in their re real life um you know it becomes a very kind of personal thing of like being seen and like feeling heard or whatever mm -hmm. uh which is you know i'm not going to take that away <laughs> right just because it's not what i intended doesn't mean it's wrong right yeah and i mean i'm i i tend to just not put put too much uh i guess uh emphasis on you know creators versus fan interpretations like it's all right. it's all we're all just engaging with art one way exactly. or another yeah um but i i do think that's interesting uh that it, it's having like such wide-ranging interpretations um which mm -hmm. feels like quite a quite a success um to me at least yeah. uh if, if people can draw that many things out of it um which i think sort of speaks to a, a lot of just like the 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 base structure of the game being so much about you know ha having having being confused and you know the world is sort of changing around you in in strange ways that you can't ever really get a foothold in and people mm -hmm. are sort of talking in 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 ways that, that don't don't make sense or only like half <laughs> half conversations like there's there's yeah. lots of ambiguity and like everything is very sturdy but also clearly like about to fall apart um and mm -hmm. i think a lot of people are, i mean for you know you can point at any particular reason you want as to why that resonates so much with people right now um <laughs> yeah. it definitely connected with me um and is you know something that i i think is a hard tone to strike without tying it to a very particular circumstance or scenario um mm -hmm. so it's it's impressive to me that that commonplace is able to sort of thread that line between having you know these these wildly differing interpretations while still sort of having the same 
like impact in terms of like succeeding on its tone and and sort of uh execution mm -hmm. yeah which uh you mentioned earlier that that sounds like a success a success to you uh and it does to me too because <laughs> it's like i don't because i really ah uh, you you should have heard some of the conversations i was having with uh, with some of my development buddies um before this game was released um pretty much all of us were like relatively certain that like no one was gonna like this game <laughs> we all thought like literally everyone was gonna hate it um but you know we all we all kind of believed in the vision and we were like uh you know mm. if people don't like it at least we made it right it was, it was that kind of uh that kind of atmosphere at least we're, we're saying something that we think is worth saying here and then it turns out yeah you know some people don't like it um some people do think it's it's a little too uh a little too uncatering right a little too um unaccommodating mm -hmm. but uh but other people um you know like i said they're they're managing to define kind of what they need out of it um depending on on just what level of of reading they're interested in getting out of it which uh yeah i don't know it's uh it's been it's been very interesting because like i said too this is my my first time writing and directing anything for for a game right up until now i've just been a musician so being able to see that you know i i can i can do something like this and, and yeah like i said people will like care about it it's like wow <laughs> i don't know it's uh it's a new feeling to me it's a new feeling that people are responding in, in this more nuanced more personal way than just oh yeah that music you made was good <laughs> you know this is something mm -hmm. that like means more it's very exciting yeah could you could you talk a bit about like what got you interested in in making a game like what was yeah. the sort of catalyst there okay yeah so this is interesting so that now we're going to start going into um the history of of the development which i kind of alluded to before because commonplace was uh the reason we made this and the reason why it is the way it is is because it is first and foremost literally an experiment um and i don't mean that as like an experimental game i mean this insofar as this is the first project i've made with these people um mm -hmm. and we were going to make another game entirely first but before it was a, it was a larger game it was an rpg um, but before we, we really got it started doing that, we were like, you know what, let's try something smaller first just so we can like figure out the tools. It was an experiment in this way, right? To figure out how it feels to work with each other and also with, with these tools. It was our first time using Unreal Engine. Um, it was not my first time using FMOD, but it was my first time using it so in depth. So commonplace in this way was, uh, that, that was kind of an, I alluded to the fact that we, uh, you know, we kind of didn't worry too much if people wound up liking it or not because we didn't really even think of it as like a game to give to people we just saw it as like a project to finish so we could move on to something else right mm -hmm. i'm sorry can you remind me what the question was <laughs> i got i got off in the uh, weeds somewhere yeah i i i was curious i guess kind of like you, you talk a bit a lot about how you've done mostly composing work sort of working in music so right you know moving over to jumping into directing and writing a game seems right. like okay. quite a departure so sure um so yeah that goes back to like i said we were gonna make an rpg and at that point it was just uh me and two of my other buddies it's me and frankie and robin um who in the final release of commonplace robin is is the art director and frankie is the programmer the only programmer um on a team of six people we got four visual artists <laughs> and one <laughs> one writer and one programmer um and uh just between the three of us we were like okay well someone needs to write the damn thing right so it's like mm -hmm. oh i guess i can do it <laughs> and then now i'm just uh you know we, we got another project locked and loaded too um and i'm writing that one too so it's just like now i'm just a writer because <laughs> back in 2020 we were like someone needs to write this thing and i was like i can do that yeah it's very it's very practical sort of yeah, you know we have have some shoes to fill. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm wondering a bit then because it seems like you have you had like very strong ideas about what you wanted commonplace mm. to be, or at least you have you have now about sort of what you wanted to to say with it, or or how sort of it, the design of it specifically sort of is is connected to sort of other games and and stuff mm. like that. Um. Was this connected at all to like your desire to start making games? Like, did you have this, this sort of impulse of of wanting to, sort of explore, 
games that are you know more more opaque or, or more mysterious mm-hmm. um or is this is this just something sort of you you came to as you were designing the game and sort of thinking through some of the assumptions that that go into game design mm-hmm. um that's a great question i have always had a fascination with this kind of game um as you as you put it the, the more opaque ones the rpg that we were planning on making before commonplace was not anything like this and all of our projects going forward aren't really anything like this either so i don't know yeah i guess it just kind of necessitated out of a okay so this is interesting i don't think i've ever said this publicly anywhere so commonplace was supposed to be like i mentioned just a little experiment so we can figure out our tools and stuff Mm -hmm. um and what we thought that was going to mean is that this is just a a tiny little thing we're going to bust out in like a month We, we were thinking of it like a game jam so we, you know, we, we thought about these concepts of like, what is something really easy we could do in a month? <laughs> and also, mm-hmm. how do we make that interesting um, thematically for us to, to want to work on, right? And even that idea was, was pretty different. Originally, the player character was not going to be someone working at the office. They're going to be someone who is kind of like climbing up it, right? Um, like visiting all these different floors. I guess kind of like Luigi's Mansion-esque of like, this floor is like themed after this thing. This floor is themed after this thing. Um, and the, and the deeper you got into the building, it would have, uh, you know, gotten progressively stranger. Important to note that, uh, we started Commonplace in October and we were planning on finishing it in October. So we're thinking of it as like a Halloween release, right? It was, Mm -hmm. it was going to be like an actual horror game until all of us on the team realized, oh, wait, uh, we are all scaredy cats and don't know how to design a horror game. So let's not make it scary. Let's just make it weird. Um. And then from there, uh, you know, as as the person who had to write the game, I was like, okay, what what does that mean? And then from there, the vision kind of shifted as I started like writing some of the characters and I started figuring out kind of what themes I wanted to explore in this, you know, which is not necessarily coming out of nowhere. Um, a lot of the feelings that I was trying to navigate in Commonplace come from a really honest part inside of me. Um mm-hmm insofar as i talked a lot about like that kind of like that half knowing and you mentioned as well uh that you think probably a lot of people can relate to it in mm-hmm. <laughs> regarding um, recent circumstances and i don't know just being able to like explore that in a in a really um open way through you know several different characters perspectives um playing with things like the game design and the structure of the plot and what the plot even looks like is there a plot i don't know <laughs> you're in an office all right um yeah, so it kind of, uh, I guess in the same way that I wound up becoming a writer on this, it was very like a pragmatic thing of just like, well, what is this game going to be? So we sat down and then, you know, just generally talked about like, you're going to be in an office building, you're going to be going through it. Um, and then after that, that very kind of bare bones initial setup, they uh, they just kind of let me take it from there, um, which is when I just started interjecting a lot of very like real feelings that I have in me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, and then sooner or later, commonplace came out. <laughs> you know, that's so interesting because playing the game, um, and some of this, I guess, stems uh, from like sort of the mystery of of what the game actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it feels so composed and like very like controlled or, or deliberate. So mm-hmm. hearing that it's like, uh, like like a very fluidly evolving thing that you were sort of working on you know as an experiment as like a, a learning tool uh mm-hmm. it's just i guess surprising it's it's interesting that it, i don't think that that really comes through in the in the game as much like it it feels very you know f- heavily focused or, or like mm-hmm. knows knows what it is um in a way that i think is you know challenging for 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 a lot of media, but especially games, I think a lot of uh, games sort of struggle to find like a, a clear thematic through line. Yeah, I will say, uh, insofar as it being fluid, we did kind of figure everything out within like that that first month of working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we started working on this almost exactly two years ago. I, I think the first day we started working on Commonplace, as opposed to the other project that RPG. I think. The exact date was October 8th of 2020. 
and then you know by, by the end of october we, we kind of knew like what the tone of the game was going to be obviously i didn't write everything yet um but we knew kind of what, what this new angle was going to be um we knew that you you were going to be working in the office um we had that kind of this general idea of what characters were going to be there we had a general idea of um of the through line of like the events that were going to happen and how they happened so once we we decided on things it, it happened you know pretty concretely and pretty quickly um but its conception was uh you know that that's when when things were really fluid it was right at the start um once once it was all up to me to decide <laughs> it kind of was just like all right here's what we're doing um and then yeah for for the rest of that two years we had a pretty pretty much finalized idea of what we wanted to do and it was just a matter of pursuing that right mm -hmm. yeah for sure yeah so i wanted to just sort of circle back around you mentioned that the the game was sort of deliberately put out with like minimal marketing mm -hmm. um like the store page uh in as much as there is one is like pretty pretty bare bones you know it, it yeah it calls it like a a small game about normal people or or something like that something like to that the word effect. ordinary yeah ordinary yeah <laughs> um which you know it feels very funny uh in retrospect mm -hmm. um that was that was fun too. Seeing uh, when we put up that itch page um, before the game was released, um, there were people who did raise an eyebrow, and there were people who did not raise an eyebrow. So it was interesting. It was interesting seeing that you know some people picked up on that. Oh, that means it's not going to be ordinary. <laughs> and then there mm -hmm. were people who were like, "Well, that sounds cool. I'm done for a slice of life thing." So I was like, "Oh, uh, I don't know if you're going to be necessarily pleased <laughs> with this when it comes out." <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, which I think as soon as you start playing the game, it's sort of some of the facade sort of falls away um, just because the, the tone of the game yeah. from that like inter office, like inter lobby is, is pretty, pretty uh, telling, I think. Mm -hmm. But um, I wanted to talk a bit about like sort of that, that approach to trying to put something out that has like sort of a, a mystery behind it or like it's sort of something that people are slowly picking away at and sort of finding new aspects of you mentioned that there are some parts that people have never seen mm -hmm. um or haven't seen yet which sort of reminded me a lot of like the the, the piece of amini that i uh sort of felt was most comparative to this which was uh yume nikki and sort of mm -hmm. all of the, the similar like surreal exploration games that that stem out of that um yeah. which uh i i associate quite heavily with like an earlier time of of the internet where you know people would pass around like dot exes of mm -hmm. just you know weird indie games that people have found and uh sort of collectively start of uh pick away at them and and like find new things and mm -hmm. it's all a bit of like a, a almost like a social experiment or experience um <laughs> as in addition to like the game itself um and obviously like you know as as like the internet becomes more and more ubiquitous and information is just piling up that it's a lot harder i think to have those moments of like actually finding something new and mm -hmm. like being able to have that sort of experience of discovering like a piece of media in that in that particular way um yeah. i remember uh there was uh I, I was watching some people live stream my game on twitch uh which was weird <laughs> Mm -hmm. but it was interesting because they they reached this one part and one of them asked the other it was two people playing together and one of them asked um i'm not really sure what to do here can you like see if there's a walkthrough online and they did and they're like oh there's no walkthrough <laughs> so they just had to figure it out which um which yeah you're right it's an experience people don't really have anymore right mm -hmm. um there's like walkthroughs for everything but with something like commonplace it's like um you know i'm not a name anybody recognizes we don't really have anyone too with too large of an audience on the team so we're not drawing that much attention where people would feel the need to to make a walkthrough for something like this right um which also i, I mean first of all i'm glad because <laughs> um i think if there was a walkthrough that was like here's how to do this here's how to do that it would kind of take away the point of the game right um when you know like i said a lot of what we've done here is deliberately structured so that at any given moment um you kind of only like half know what you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and what's coming next and things like that yeah did you kind of anticipate like or were there aspects of the design that you 
altered or put in to like try try and avoid that i guess like like walkthrough oriented approach of like you know a, a game that can be i guess sort of solved or like mapped out like in that sort of way like i, w- I wondered if there was like things that you did to try and i guess capture or or encourage the sort of collective uh experience that something like yumi nikki sort of brought out Mm -hmm. um so first of all um you're absolutely right that um this does harken back to exactly what you're talking about of people just kind of passing these exes to each other right that is the the, one of the main reasons why the game is free Mm -hmm. um is so that when someone hears about it they can just go play it right um mm-hmm. and there's just no barrier to entry at all um just yesterday we put out a mac version so people in other systems can play it you know we're, we're trying to make this like literally as accessible as possible insofar as who has access to it right who can get it um so if someone has even just the the slightest inclination of oh yeah i think i heard about that once let me let me just check that out we um the names that that we passed around a lot during development was it was like you said you mean um and it was cave story and it was toho because mm-hmm. we were like um i just i can't imagine any of these games having such meteoric popularity if it wasn't for just how accessible they are just you hear about it and you can go play it right now right mm-hmm. um compared to you know a 60 dollar video game on a 500 dollar console right it's like there's there's obviously um much more barrier to entry they're not saying that complex would be 60 dollars <laughs> but um that was that was really important to me is that yeah you're right that there could be this kind of social aspect of like you just kind of mention this game to someone and then they're like oh that sounds interesting i'll get it and play it and they can just do that without any problems right mm-hmm. um so as far as the the social aspect that definitely was um i mean among other reasons um namely the fact that we didn't want to figure out how to make sure everyone got their payments legally <laughs> you know we didn't mm-hmm. feel like hiring an accountant or anything so we just make it free whatever um yeah, you know, just just things like that. Um, just making the the game free so that anybody could get it. Um, as far as the social aspect, there are things in place to make sure that even when I may be showing my hand a little bit too much here, <laughs> even when people do share their experiences with each other, I think there's always going to be just very slight deviations um of the exact nuances depending on on how deep this conversation goes these two people are having with each other i think there's always going to be something that that they did just a little bit differently from each other that'll be like oh that's interesting let me try that next time right so in that way i mean you know it is it is a video game it is finite if someone wanted to go through and find absolutely everything in the game they they could it would take a while but they'd be able to do it but you know uh there's no save feature that's really annoying to do <laughs> you know if anytime you want to try mm-hmm. a single different choice you need to go through a whole new playthrough i guess that kind of goes towards that as well um just for the sake of of saving time you kind of need to talk with other people about what exactly you did and what that resulted in mm-hmm. so yeah no that that the social aspect you're absolutely right was was very very critical and we thought about that a lot when we were designing a lot of this game yeah and it, it it's occurring to me now sort of wondering like you mentioned making it free both so it's accessible and you know also to avoid the the complexities of of uh managing money which i I can relate to um but it it's interesting to me to think about how that sort of i think for a lot of people reframe reframes how they approach a game like Mm -hmm. i i know or i've seen like way too many examples of like you know somebody buys a game on steam for five dollars and then they get stuck in like the first room and they refund it and then mm-hmm. complain about it on twitter and it's just like what i it, it's a it's a strange like like very consumer driven approach to playing games um mm-hmm. which you know i can to varying degrees i could i can understand the frustration that people could have um with you know a game like commonplace that asks a lot of them but yeah. uh having it be free is is interesting because i think it it really reframes uh even if it's if it's uh if people don't sort of recognize it i think when they play a free game they uh they seem to approach it like very differently if not this is like something i purchased so i need to really make sure i i get my money's worth or like 
that I experience it fully so that I've like, you know, made good on my purchase that I've sort of checked it off my backlog, whatever, mm-hmm. um, sort of internal list making they're doing. Like if it's free, it's just like, Oh, this is just like a thing I found. Yeah. Like I have no obligation to it whatsoever. So like, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's, it's interesting to just sort of think about all of these factors with this game in particular that asks a lot of a players and sort of has a lot of, of stuff uh, sort of hidden in it that would, you know, you know, necessitate take like quite a, quite an investment either on time or, you know, collective time by mm-hmm. like having your friends play it and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, how that, how that sort of shifts if it's just, just this free game floating around, like anyone can play it. Like there's, there's nothing, there's no like price tag attached to the experience or like monetary value for like hours spent that right, I think yeah. is, is, is still like really frustratingly like entwined with, with how video games are sort of played, even by, you know, people who are in like, I don't know, like critical spaces or whatever. Yeah. Um, It's just sort of like, such a heavy aspect of the of the industry yeah that is something i uh <laughs> my friends will tell you this is something i talk about a lot is um just how much video games are still people love saying video games are art um uh which i mean obviously they are but uh i mean they sure are treated like a product first right like all the time they're treated like a product before art and when you're dealing with something that isn't a product, it's just something you have, uh, you didn't, it has no value attached to it besides the fact that you decided to click on it. Um, I think that that kind of helps eskew that out of the way, um, mm-hmm. where you're no longer thinking about, well, I spent $5 on this. That's about as much as, you know, whatever. Um, would I get the same value out of that as I do out of this or vice versa? There's none of that. You know, it's just, here's the thing. What do you think about the thing? Right. Um, there's mm-hmm. no room for, for that value to come in about treating it like a product, um, which is so prevalent in, in the game sphere. You know, no one spends $20 on a book and is like, well, <laughs> this other book is also $20, but I liked that one more. So it's not really worth 20. It's like, no one thinks like that. That's ridiculous. Right. Um, yeah, I should, I should hope not anyway. People, people in Barnes and Noble looking at like, oh, this book's, <laughs> this is like an 800 page yeah. book, but this other one over here is 200 <laughs> pages. You know, I'm going to, that's four times the value. It's four times the value. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just obviously not how that works. Right. But that's how it works in games. People talk like this all the time. And it's like, I don't, that's something I've, whew, I could, I could talk with you a whole other hour about this. I think about this a lot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's very I think especially within like like sort of the the itch game space and sort of other, you know, the sort of games that get published there. Um like it's a very that that like mode of interacting with games just doesn't work cuz mm-hmm. even even more so than like just random stuff you'll find on Steam or on console or whatever, like the the gulf between just, you know, how long games can be, how much they can cost, like everything is so heavily variable um and it's just i I think it just like when i read these reviews on like steam and and like comments on itch and stuff about people complaining about the price or the links or or you know devs are lazy because they did patch this Mm -hmm. x bug um when it's just like one person (laughs) behind the (laughs) behind the game and it's just like it all feels so so surreal and like detached from reality um like like everyone is is stuck in one mode of of consuming games Mm -hmm. um so this is uh, this is a whole. I, I realize we've gone off on a, on a tangent. <laughs> I love this. Um, I love but this. yeah, definitely, definitely think about it a lot as as someone who enjoys those games and wants people to you know engage with them in ways that are are not just consumptive and and monetarily driven. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, want people to get paid so they can keep making art. Yeah. But uh, you know, there's there's time for bookkeeping and there's there's times for for not uh so um anyhow uh so on on that very widely uh <laughs> tangential route um at the at the risk of me getting more off track um all of the lights have have turned off in my in my house and it's dark outside so i oh, i'm yeah. suddenly sitting in darkness it's i think it's doing strange things to my uh, <laughs> uh sort of mood mm-hmm. um where where can people find you 
uh, and your work uh, commonplace on the internet? Where where's a good places to point them? Sure. I am at funbill underscore on, on twitter.com. Commonplace is on, oh shoot, what's the URL? Uh, the, the team we're, we're calling ourselves is Pitter Patter. Um, if you just like search Pitter Patter Commonplace, uh, you know, we're, we're on Twitter, we're on itch. Uh, we're on YouTube as well. Uh, that's where you, you can listen to the soundtrack if you'd like. Um, similarly, it's on Spotify under my name, Max Miller, um, Bandcamp, Max Miller, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, Fun Bill, Max Miller. Uh, look around for for those names. You'll find me somewhere. Uh, Pitter Patter. That's where you find Commonplace, and also eventually our next game that that we are um, working on. <laughs> Very immediately after Commonplace, we're like, all right, on to the next thing. Um, so we'll be we'll be talking about that pretty soon once there is something to show. Um, like I said, it's it's not uh, it's not really like Commonplace at all. It's coming from a similar place of you know something I I really care about and it means a lot to me, but it is more conventionally a video game. Um, we do plan on there being a save feature. <laughs> Don't worry about that. And then, yeah, from, from there, um, you know, I, I, I'd also recommend to, um, to check out all, all the other people who worked on Commonplace too. Like I mentioned, uh, programmed by, by one person, one of my best friends in the world, Frankie, um, uh, the art director, one of my other best friends, Robin, um, she made all the, all the portraits and stuff. Um, all these people, all the, all the people who worked on Commonplace is um followed by the the pitter patter account on on twitter um so also take a scroll through that if you wind up following finding us on twitter check out that following list too everyone who worked on common places there and you can check them out too mm-hmm. yeah and they are also very conveniently listed on the itch page which oh, that's right yeah. is is something that i i just i wanted to shout out because i always extremely appreciate seeing just the credits listed on the story page it's mm-hmm. it's it's quite rare still um but it's both very helpful for me when i want to sort of uh connect the dots uh, and potentially you know reach out to people to be on podcasts but also yeah. i think it's just cool to see names of people working on video games and sort of knowing that you know people made this yeah especially the, these smaller projects right mm-hmm. um this really means something to us and uh you know i'm glad i'm glad some people wound up caring <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, for sure. Um, so speaking of caring, uh, I like to have each guest kind of close out the show with something uh, that they've enjoyed recently of has, you know, given them hope or is just a cool thing that they want to, you know, share to more people. Um, can be literally anything, but, you know, if you have something that you'd like to uh, to share with with the with the podcast public, uh, that'd be great. Sure. I, uh, I'm going to go ahead and assume anyone listening to, to something like this probably is already aware of Tim Rogers and his, his recent, um, review of Boku no Natsuyasumi. Um, he used a phrase in that video. Uh, first of all, if you're not aware of that, that's my recommendation. <laughs> go check that out. Um, if you're not aware of that, or if you are aware of that, you might remember he used a phrase called new nostalgia, which is just, you know, things that, that may have happened to you very recently, um, that, you know, and not enough time has has passed necessarily for you to think of it as nostalgic necessarily, um, but it means something, right? You, you can tell maybe if enough time passes, maybe it, it will be one of those things you look back on very, very fondly. Um, and I've been thinking about that a lot <clears throat> lately, because uh, around this time of year, last year, I don't know, something about the, the sudden chill in the air. We're recording this towards the end of September. It's getting a little bit chilly outside. Um, remind me of, uh, of last winter when I, I visited my sister at, at her house, which she had just gotten very recently at that time. Um, and, uh, at that time the Valis collection for the switch <laughs> came out. So I brought my switch and I was playing Valis and, uh, on her switch on, on the TV, she was playing Delta Rune for the first time. And I was just, I don't know, that's just a very warm memory to me. It's very recent, you know, less than a year ago. It was back in December. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but it's something I can tell. You know, it's it's not quite nostalgic yet, but it definitely kind of will be. You know, this is this is one one of those memories when it's like it's gonna come around Christmas time, um, and maybe you know I'm 24 right now. Maybe when I'm 30, I'll think back and be like, I remember when I was laying on my sister's couch and I was playing Valis on my Switch, right? You know, just just memories like this. Um, just be, uh, I guess, a little bit more more considerate of of the moments you have right now, 
Um, it's so easy to, to look exclusively backwards or exclusively forwards um, or exclusively in the present. Um, <laughs> but there's a, there's a, there's a lot of minutia in between there, right? These these are three different points. Um, be a, be a little bit more considerate of of those gray areas where it's like it's it's too recent to be nostalgic, but it's too long ago to to be something that happened right now. I I, f I think we tend to forget those kinds of things. Um, just be a little bit more considerate about that, and, and feel free to uh to cherish those memories and just let those be yours, right? Just just let yourself think about that for a little bit and. And enjoy the company of it. Enjoy the company of the thought, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's a yeah, it's a really nice sentiment. I, I think, especially you know, I right now it still feels like we're in a, a strange period of of time, mm -hmm. being both heavily compressed and elongated, um, just you know, with the continuing effects of the pandemic and uncertainty, and you know, everything feels like it's going way too fast and also very slow. So. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of, uh, I, I think appreciating, you know, sort of smaller moments, um, regardless of, you know, our relative distance from them, um, is really important just for, to like, you know, keep hold on, on reality, yeah. uh, and sort of keep, uh, some, some like joy and, and optimism and, you know, recognize that, you know, things can be bleak but also there's still a lot of 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 good things to to be found in there yeah beautiful things happen very frequently and it's able it's it's easy to recognize that when there's a lot of distance it's hard to recognize that when there's a little bit so mm -hmm. yeah just maybe being a little bit more mindful that's how i would how i would put that yeah uh and on that note uh thank you again so much for taking the time to come on and chat about commonplace. Yeah. Um, if anyone's listening to this uh, and is, is not already played commonplace. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I feel like this episode was a pretty good sell, um, but you know, definitely yeah. go check that out. It's if, free. If, if you do play commonplace after this, please forget everything that I said. <laughs> <laughs> just play it. Just pretend you didn't hear any of this. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, it's, it's still going to be pretty, enigmatic um regardless of, mm. of anything that was said but yeah looking forward to to whatever you and and the team does next thank you um yeah i'm sure sure it'll be quite interesting i hope so i think it will be <laughs> <laughs>